0: You're listening to the teaching ministry of Discovery Church in Bristol, Tennessee. For more information about Discovery or for more free audio content, please visit discoverybristol.com. Uh, Christmas season. Uh, I'm excited. Today is going to be a, a different day. Um, as you see, uh, I think Ellie might mention mentioned it. As you walked in, you might have smelt. Um, there's 800 bars of soap in here. And so it's a very strong smell, but uh, we are going to be making, doing something special here in a little while, and it's just part of Christmas. I love Christmas. Someone had texted me just now uh, asking someone watching online if we're going to live stream the Christmas Eve service, and I wanted to let you know that we are. Uh, We'll we'll have services here, 4.30 and 6.00. But we'll also live stream. It's just a wonderful season, right? It's a season to, to reflect on so many great things. Uh, you know, we got uh, wonderful Christmas movies. We got lots of food. Uh, well, if you go to my house, the counter is covered with snacks and treats. And to reflect on the birth of Jesus. What a wonderful thing, right? Uh, this wise man that we saw, Tony, Uh, He's one of those guys that knows a little bit of everything. And I wonder, we all know if that's what the real wise men were like, but, but it's kind of an idea of what the wise men would be like today. Someone that knows a little bit of everything, but most importantly, knows that this season is about Jesus. The glory of Christmas is that it's all about Christ. And that's something sometimes we get a little mixed up in, right? But Jesus, think about just the nativity scene. That Jesus is always the center of it. No matter what nativity scene you have, like I found some fun pictures, we got the normal classic nativity scene, right? And look, Jesus is there in the center. Every time you find a nativity scene, Jesus is the focal point, point. then you have Mary and Joseph, maybe the wise men, some shepherds, angel, but Jesus is always the focal point. Even if that nativity scene is made up of dogs, alright, you, you still have Jesus, dog Jesus, as the center. Jesus is always the middle. Even if that nativity scene is made up of bread, Jesus is the middle, is the center of it. This was at a bakery. Um, even if that nativity scene is made up of meat, we have meat. Jesus is the center with a bacon manger. That one's probably my favorite. Um, and so it doesn't matter what weird nativity scene you might have, whether it's a normal one or made up of bacon. Jesus is the center, and I share that. And that seems like an obvious point, right? But it's something that we often miss. That Jesus is the center of Christmas. We miss this, and I don't know about you, but but I know sometimes I miss it, and so it hit me this week. And as I was thinking about that, like, do I really miss it? And and sometimes we could say, oh, but Santa ends up becoming the focal point, or where the Grinch is becomes the focal point in gifts. But a lot of us could say, no, no, I, I've always put Jesus above Santa, obviously. But let me ask you some questions that I asked myself this week that hit home. How many gifts have you purchased this year? How much time have you spent purchasing? Whether it's going to stores or searching online, trying to find the right gift. How much time have you spent into gifts just for other people? How, much, how many Christmas parties have you been to? We've been to a couple and, and they've been fun. Maybe you're social distancing and staying away, but, but still, how much time have you spent on, on Christmas parties and, and Christmas phone calls and stuff like that? How many Hallmark movies have you watched? Yes. Not only do, is it Hallmark, but Lifetime and all the other television for women that I love. And so uh, we've been watching these Hallmark movies. They're all the same. They all have the lady from Full House, but they're all great. And so we watch all of them time after time. And so think, how many Hallmark movies have you watched already this year? All right? Some people are like, none. Some people say none, but deep down inside, you know, you're on number nine. All right, how many Hallmark movies? Each one of those is two hours. Now, in light of those questions, I ask, how many times have you opened your Bible and read the Christmas story this year? That hit home with me. When I think that I've gathered my family around and we're like, hey, the Christmas movie's coming on. We'll let you guys stay up late tonight. And so we watch another Hallmark movie and and it always ends the same. It's the same story. But have I gathered my kids around and been like, let me read to you the meaning of this season. How many times have I done that? How many times have you done it? In your own personal devotion time, have you opened the Bible and just dove into Matthew and read the story? And yet, we say we keep Jesus as the center of Christmas, but, but do we really? And so this morning, I, I hope not to make us feel guilty, because like I said, this hit home with me, uh, because I've, I've watched many of those movies with my kids, and we haven't read the Bible near as many times as we've watched those movies. But it hit home, I need to make sure that Jesus is the focus of this week. This week, we're leading up to Christmas. Christmas on Friday. We got uh, Christmas Eve on Thursday. And I need to make sure that Jesus is not only the focus for my family, but the focus for me. That am I making sure that Jesus is the focus of this Christmas for, for me and for, for as I lead my family. And so that was what the, the wise men did. As we look at this story of the wise men, I see an amazing example I see three. The tradition is always three men because there were three gifts. We don't know how many. We know that it was plural. There was at least two. There could have been a thousand. Who knows? But the the wise men come, and what I love is they made the focus about Jesus. They traveled from a distance. It meant they left their normal everyday life and made Jesus the priority. The, the goings and comings of their everyday job, whatever that might have been, the goings and comings of, of everyday chores and, and, and tasks were set aside to make Jesus the focus of this season. And so I love that example that the wise men set for us, And so if you will, if you'll dive into this with me as we, as we read about the story of Jesus from the, the book of Matthew. If you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 2, we'll also have it up on the screen. And, and just dive into these men that were willing to leave what, was the, what used to be their priority and make Jesus the number one focus at this season. Verse 3 says, When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. Oh, sorry, verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. They saw the star, and they dropped everything. They saw this marker pointing of of the Christmas season, and, and that became their focus. Beyond their everyday life, beyond their everyday priorities and needs. And I think about that when we see the, the markers of the Christmas season, when we see the trees go up at the big stores, when we see the hear the Christmas carols come on the radio station, when we see these markers of the Christmas season, do we get wrapped up in the Christmas season? Or wrapped up in Jesus, in Jesus Christ? And so they left everything and got wrapped up, and the one thing that truly mattered was the birth of the king, the birth of the Messiah. And they leave everything, and they go to him. Because this season, Christmas, is all about him. The passage continues. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for a child as soon as you find him. Report to me so that I too may go and worship him. And after they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. We see this. King Herod has his own wise men. His own wise men that even have the text and know exactly where the Messiah is to be. And yet no one was there in Bethlehem waiting. They had the answers. as We have the answers. We know about this Jesus. We know about Christmas. And yet how often do we not even go and just spend time in the scriptures reading about the birth of God coming down, Emmanuel, God with us, that we would, let, that we would miss that point. The Herod's own wise men who were right there missed the point of Christmas. And yet these wise men from the east that saw the star came, and they traveled, and they gave up everything to pursue Jesus Christ. This was their plan. This was their act of worship. And as we come into this week that, that we look at this week of Christmas, I, I want to see the example of the wise men that they were intentional, that they pursued him, that they were following the star, they packed up what they needed, and they pursued him for this great journey, that this was intentional worship. This wasn't just by chance, this wasn't on a side effect. And this week that we have leading up to Christmas, let us be intentional with our focus on Jesus. Let us wake up and think to this morning, let me listen while I'm brushing my teeth to the story of God coming to earth. This week, let us be intentional, in the, perhaps in your home to read it, perhaps while you're driving, listen to it, to be able to focus on Christ coming, not just on Christmas, but on Christ. In Christmas, And they were focused on this. This was intentional and it was a long journey. I love this example that they, they were, this was not a short-term goal. This was a long-term goal, was to meet Christ. And that describes sometimes our spiritual walk, right? That this journey had to have seemed monotonous. Day after day, travel, deserts, travel, deserts, travel, deserts. Day after day, they saw the same thing. But they had a goal, was to draw closer to Christ. And sometimes in our spiritual walk, it seems monotonous. It seems like we're doing the same thing day after day. I I told my kids yesterday or or two days ago, we were talking at lunch, and I said, do you guys know that every night I pray for you and your spouse? And they said, what? Why, Why would you pray for our spouse? We're not married. And I say, but your spouse is probably alive right now. And we're praying for their home. We're praying for, for them that they're coming to know the Lord. We're praying for their parents that, that they're setting a godly example. We're praying for their, the conditions that they're living in. We're praying for your spouse. And is it the same prayer every day? Yeah. And will be the same prayer every day for another, I'm going to say 40 years is my hope, that, but that they stay my, my little baby. Um, but for the next 20, 25 years, yeah. It's a long term goal, but it's worth pursuing. And so, for the wise men, this was, was a long goal, but it was worth pursuing to meet the Messiah. And then we have it, verse ten: When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What an example! At the sight of Jesus, they bowed down. They humbled themselves. They put Jesus above themselves. What a great example at Christmas season. And like I said, this hits home with all of us. It's easy to say, no, I always put Jesus first, but do we really? Is Jesus the priority of the season? Or sometimes we put ourselves. And here, they bowed before Jesus Christ, they put Jesus before themselves. And they brought these gifts. Of gold, a gift for royalty, a gift of great wealth. Of frankincense, a fragrant offering. I think of of the, the story later of the woman that pours the perfume on Jesus' feet and cleans it with her hair. This fragrant act of worship. And of myrrh. Myrrh was used in the anointing of a dead body. I wonder if they perhaps even knew and they had studied the scriptures and knew that this wasn't just the king. This was the Messiah that was to die for the people. And so they brought these gifts and, and it was perfect timing. This, this was not at the, the nativity scene. We often think that, this, all, that scene that we see with all, all the, the little beautiful picture of the wise men and the shepherds there. The wise men came sometime later. Jesus by this time was probably a toddler and it says that Jesus and Mary were in the house and Joseph was probably out working and they arrive. And shortly after this, Joseph has a dream that they must flee to Egypt because Herod's coming to kill the baby Jesus. And so the perfect timing of these three gifts... That now they have something of value that as they, they flee, they, they'll be able to sell these and to be able to, to pay for their trip to Egypt, to, to find housing in Egypt, to stay away, to keep Jesus safe. These gifts were perfect for Jesus. And so they gave, they bowed, they served that's the one thing at, at this Christmas season we look and, and it's an opportunity to serve. And that's something I love about this church that, that we have opportunities at Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve morning at 9.30. You can serve by passing out cookies. You can serve by meeting us at, the, at, the, uh, broad, at Elmcroft Assisted Living. That information's on the compass. There's ways to serve. You guys have been serving all this month. We've had different ways that we've served. And this morning, we're going to serve during service we're going to be able to see what Paul talks about in Philippians, to follow Jesus' example. Paul says, Do nothing of, from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his interests, but also to the interests of others, having this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Who, though he was in form of God, did not count equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. The Christmas story, right? And then he goes on to continue, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The same thing the, the wise men did is every knee would bow that we could do the same and bow and follow this humble servant. It's Christmas. It's a great thing to realize that Christ is the focal point of Christmas. And I know that's easy to say, and it's it's easy for as Christians, but we all say, yeah, of course it is. You know, we're not getting caught up in in the other things, but we do. And this week, let us keep Jesus the focus. Because I love the, the, the verse that everyone knows, the most popular verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That he gave his son. That is the story of Christmas, that he gave us, Jesus, to the world. It's a great example for us to realize that he gave this one that, as Paul said, was not willing to grasp on to being like God, but willing to come to earth to be a humble servant. And so this morning, it's something I'm excited that we're going to get to do. We're going to get to partner with a, a wonderful ministry that actually the church, uh, in starting in 2021, is going to support as a as a mission organization, is to be able to reach out to the prisoners in Sullivan County through Kent Pew. And his ministry as a chaplain at the Sullivan County Jail and so uh, we have a little video to tell you a little bit about the ministry and then I'm gonna come back and tell you a little bit about what we're gonna be doing this morning it's gonna be a little different but I'm real excited about it
1: my name is Kent Pugh I serve as a chaplain at the Sullivan County and the Bristol Virginia City Jail and my role as chaplain is to provide maintain a pastoral presence in both facilities and as an individual who um, manages most of the religious programs for the inmates. But my role is in the community is to challenge the church to both partner with our ministry, but also to partner with those who have been impact, impacted by incarceration. One of the big events that we have each year is to give a Christmas bag to the inmates. The bags just typically contain hygiene items, some candy or some, some types of food items. But you don't know how much that means to a person who may get nothing for Christmas or has nothing in their in their account. As a matter of fact, the inmates have been asking me this year, says Chaplain, "Are we getting a bag? Are we getting a bag?" And I sort of plead the fifth to them. I remember several years ago uh, coming through the uh, coming through the cell blocks after uh, delivering the uh, bags, and the inmate came up to me and says, "Hey, Chaplain." I said what? He said, you know something? He said, that bag changed my life. I said, how so? He said, before you gave me that bag, he said, I was a Wiccan. I said, so how did it change your life? I said, did you read that pamphlet inside? Yes. And and I trusted Christ as my Savior. I just couldn't believe that somebody would do that for for us. And that is the way we're 13. And of course, this is one way that we can share the love of God with those inmates.
0: All right. So this morning, you guys get to share the love of God with these inmates. Uh, On the sides here, we have the bags, the gifts that these prisoners are going to get. And just imagine Christmas morning waking up. You're going to wake up with your, perhaps with your family, perhaps traveling to see grandparents and so forth. They're going to wake up behind bars. And they might be receiving nothing. They might be receiving no contact from any family, but they'll be able to grab this bag and know somebody thought of them this year. And that was you guys. We've partnered with several other churches. Other churches have supplied a lot of the the things that you're going to see on the table, and so it's neat to see that we're working together as as part of God's kingdom. This isn't just from Discovery, but I'm excited to get to do this, and so in a moment, the worship team is going to play just a melody of fun Christmas songs while we go and work our way, and we're going to shoot for 850 bags, all right? And so I know that sounds like a lot, but there's a lot of prisoners. And so we have two services, but, but our hope is that we can plow through a ton of those this first hour. So what you're going to do, I'll give you some quick instructions. We're going to start down at the far ends of the tables. And then you'll grab a bag. The bag has already had a, the corners cut on it or a hole punch in it. Uh, because if we don't do that, they'll put liquid in it and make moonshine in the jail. So um, I, Kent taught me all this cool jail stuff. And so, um, and so we have holes cut in it. And then you're going to work through, you'll get a shampoo and a toothpaste and a bar of soap and a toothbrush um, and uh, so some hygiene items. And then you work to the part that I like more, food. And so we got ramen noodles, which I think I have a picture. You would not believe how many 850 ramen noodles uh, came to my house (laughs) from Walmart. Uh, Those things are heavy. And so we got uh, ramen noodles, um, some cheese crackers, oatmeal pies, snap into Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. And um, a track. And I think there's a calendar. Is that correct, Kent? There's a calendar. And so, um, so you'll want to fill all that in the bag. And then what truly, uh, it might sound cheesy, but what I feel is the most important part, pray over that bag pray over it as you're working through, talk to the person next to you, but to pray, pray as you work through and then seal the bag and put it in a box. We got a lot of boxes here because we need to be able to have boxes uh, to be able to take these into the, the prison. And so once we fill a box, we'll bring it out a new box. And, so, um, and we're just going to spend the next 20 minutes uh, worshiping God through service. And through through being able to make these, Um, if you don't feel comfortable joining the line, that's all right. You can sit at your chair or stand at your chair and sing along with the worship band. Um, If you are watching online, if you can be singing with us and then pray over these bags. These prayers don't have to be the one holding the bag. Your prayers from home are just as important. And so if you can pray for these bags, that they would be a witness, especially that the track would tell them about Jesus Christ. So does it sound like a good time? Yeah, I'm excited. How many churches are making 850 bags for prisoners this morning, right? That's exciting thing. So, uh, without further ado, we will get started if you guys want to head to that end and work your ways down.